0: Well, I know, I know that I am rushing, but uh, you know, I think that it's important because we have lots of good stuff going on today, and I certainly don't want to squeeze uh, our speaker into a corner here. So I am very excited. Uh, you noticed that we didn't have our missions minute this morning, and the reason why we didn't is because we have a couple of our missionaries here with us today. So can we welcome the wonderful and amazing Steve and Patty Buss as they come up. Come on, Patty, what are you doing? You're not even sitting together.
1: Woo!
0: So it is so exciting um, to have these guys in the house. And I don't know, how many of you guys have ever heard Patty preach? Yeah, you are, she is awesome, but she's not preaching today. But I was, they were going to tag team, but apparently, I don't know, it seemed good unto the Lord to not do what I asked, and so I'm going to go with that, but, uh, but I wanted Patty to come and, um, and share a little bit about what God has been up to in our region, and so uh, I'm very excited, and then Steve is going to continue in our series on prayer, but uh, Patty, what is God
2: doing Well, I'm so happy to be here. It always feels like home. I just love the freedom and the presence of the Lord, so I'm full. But um, just beyond that, yeah, you guys have been talking about prayer and And we are certainly sensing how the Lord is stirring prayer in our region. And we are not the initiators of that, really. It's his spirit that stirs us to pray, and we're just responding. Just a quick snippet. Um, There's been a number of prayer ministries, none other than Scott and Michelle Flora with Ignite, as well as um, people who have facilitated prayer through Eugene House of Prayer, as well as ourselves on a Tuesday night prayer meeting and some other pastors who hold one have come together in the last six months and just been saying, Lord, are you wanting us to join together to do something more? Are these stirrings of prayer that you're releasing? Is there something greater that could happen should we come together and seek your heart and see what you want to do? And so just, there'll be more information coming, but in the last few months, there's been a group really seeking the heart and mind of God to say, what would it look like, Lord? What house do you want to build of prayer? And so there's sort of a movement towards a regional house of prayer being established, not just that it would happen in a location, but that it would be a place that also trains and equips and, and helps the body of Christ grow more fully into prayer all across every denomination. It's very foundational beginning formations, but it's super exciting. And so, just there'll be more coming along that. That's, I think, all I'm going to say. Is that okay? Is that good? Sounds good. All right.
1: And give that to Joshua. Oh, thank you.
0: And I'm going to go sit down.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, we're uh, what? Sure, sure. <laughs> okay. Now that everyone in the room's thirsty, all of a sudden, that's <laughs> always good. Um, good to be with you here this morning. The worship time, and communion, and uh, some prophetic ministry was very sweet this morning. And as Patty said, there's good things that are taking place in the place of prayer uh, across our community. Two weeks ago. At the U of O campus, there was around 200 young people, uh, s- seven different college ministries came together and planning an evening of prayer. Uh, they were interceding and worshiping there. That was the same week we had the One Hope meeting. There was 100, about 100 pastors and ministry leaders gathered uh, later that week to worship and pray together. Ignite happened this weekend. Again, so many people f- cross-denominationally coming together to believe Jesus, uh, to do what he wants to do and overrule and override the kingdoms of this world and uh so you're a part of this you're in the mix you are jesus people and i know that you are coming to the end of a a quick series here on prayer and so joshua asked us to come and uh kind of put the "Mm, yeah we're gonna do it we're gonna put by grace the exclamation mark uh on this series on prayer so if you have your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to John and the 16th chapter. John and the 16th chapter. I'm going to read a couple verses there and uh, launch us out. John 16. We're going to read from that in just a minute. All throughout scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, everyone here, most everyone's familiar with their Bibles, we find that God answers prayer. That's kind of a no-duh. And then, guess what? There's a lot of times where we find our prayers going unanswered, right? And so today, we want to reassure ourselves, according to the scripture, that God really does want to answer our prayer, and that we would be encouraged and even inspired with great focus, that when we pray in Jesus' name, God will answer our prayers. Before we go to John 16, I just want to read, just listen, what Jesus says in John 14. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me Will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Pretty solid promise right there, right? Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. You may ask for anything. In my name, and I will do it. John 14. Let's go to John 16, verse 23. In that day, this is Jesus again, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. Verse 26, in that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. So Jesus is making it really clear that we are to ask God in his name, and when we ask God in his name, God is going to act on the earth today. That's good news for us, very good news for us. I've got to pray. Lord, we're coming to you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, come and let your word come alive in our heart, let your word transform our heart, and God, move us closer to you, that more of you would be seen in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Why is the name of Jesus so important? Why is the name of Jesus so great? Well, isn't the name of Jesus the name above every other name? Isn't that true? It says in Colossians chapter 1 that Jesus is the beginning and the firstborn from amongst the dead... ...so that in everything He, Jesus, might have the supremacy... Okay, that's, that's a good qualifier right there. Firstborn from amongst the dead and God authored that in everything Jesus, the name Jesus, the person of Jesus, would have supremacy. Acts chapter 4 tells us that salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. No one else can come into the kingdom of God. No one else can be saved except through the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place, and God gave him the name of Jesus above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I could go on and on about the name of Jesus and the place that God the Father has placed the name of Jesus, but you can see why the name of Jesus is so important. It is the name above every name, and Jesus himself is saying, I'm giving you my name to ask God so that my will would happen on earth Here's the trick. If. I like to call if the terrible two-letter word. It's a terrible two-letter word because if we pray, God answers. If we pray in Jesus' name, he will do it. If we don't. What a bummer. It's terrible. Here we have this. We have these great and precious promises that God wants to perform as we ask him, if we ask him. So there's great potential there. There's untapped potential there for your life, for my life, for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, if, if we will, he will. If we don't, well that's what Jesus said. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. And it will be given. It's it's an if. All right. I want to keep us looking at why is the name Jesus so great? And why is using his name so relevant in our making requests to God? So in order to do that, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to move through this quickly. But this, again, is helping us to clarify the importance of praying in Jesus' name. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. I'm, again, I'm going to move quickly here in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over all of the earth, in essence. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Let's Get down to verse 28. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it and then rule over all these elements of the earth. In the beginning, we had... The image of God. We had the likeness of God given to us. It was there. It was perfect. Not like it is now. We had the perfect likeness, the perfect image of God. We were not God. Adam was not God. But we had that perfect image. We had that perfect likeness of God that was given to us in the beginning. Now, not only did we have the perfect likeness of God and image of God in us, we had no sin. Not only did we not have any sin in the perfect likeness of God, but there was unbroken fellowship with God. There was clear, face-to-face communion and communication with God. So we're close with God, we have the perfect image of God there in the garden. And in the garden, God wanted man... ...to be fruitful. He wanted man to be fruitful in that place. So it says in chapter 2 of Genesis... ...it says the Lord God took took the man and put him in the garden... ...to work it and to take care of it. So here in perfect fellowship with God... ...with the image and likeness of God inside of him... ...he is to work and cultivate, to watch over and care for Eden... You see, God gave the earth to man. He gave it to man to watch over, to cultivate, to care for. For the sake of time this morning, I'm not going to spend as much time going over all the Hebrew words here. But just to say that the likeness and the image of God worked in us to rule and subdue and cultivate the earth. God gave the earth for man to cultivate. ...in relationship with him. That was the plan from the beginning. There was likeness inside and perfect relationship. Well, there was this really big problem that happened. The serpent got Eve's ear... ...and deceived her into doing the one thing... ...that God told them not to do. To eat of the fruit... Eve did, Adam did, and then what happened? Sin enters into the world. And then death comes through sin. And not only that, there is now a separation. Adam and Eve were hiding from God in the garden. They were hiding from him. So now sin is in us. There's a broken relationship. And on top of that, a curse comes on the earth. Now here's something else that happens in this moment of time. And we're moving quickly. But listen. Satan gains a measure of authority that he didn't have before. Satan gains a measure of authority that he didn't have before. Now we're going to look at the New Testament. Jesus refers to Satan as the ruler of the air. The prince of the power of the air or the ruler of the air. So Jesus himself... ...defines Satan as having a measure, not all, a measure of authority on the earth today. So when man sinned, we, we now have the sin nature in us. We now are separated from God. Death has come upon us. A curse is on the land. And Satan has a measure of authority. We are stuck. We are powerless. I remember one time being absolutely powerless. The most powerless feeling I think I've ever experienced in my life, I was in sixth grade... I was at our neighborhood swimming pool, and I was swimming in the deep end. And this girl, of all things, thought, you know, we were kind of playing this game. This girl, of all things, came and dunked me underwater and kept me underwater. And my feet couldn't touch, and I couldn't push her off me. And I felt like I was, I was that close from inhaling all that, wa- I, all that water. I felt so powerless. Mankind was absolutely powerless. There's this disconnect with God. We are marred by sin. There's a curse. We're going to die. And now there's an evil ruler that is working on the earth. We are absolutely powerless. We are absolutely 100% stuck. There is no amount of good works that we can do to fix this problem. This problem is unfixable. This is how it was in the beginning. This is what took place. Man was completely powerless to take care of sin. Man was completely powerless to take care of Satan. Man is completely powerless to take care of the curse or of death. Now Satan ended up gaining a level of authority through a man. Sin came into the world through a man. And God, in order to get it back, used a man. He used a man, a perfect man, a man without sin, a man who was his son. His name is Jesus. Now, I want you to think for a minute about how the word intercession is used in the New Testament. We're going to talk about the word intercession for just a moment. In Romans 8 34, it says that Jesus is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. And in Hebrews 7, it says that Jesus always lives to intercede for us. Now, when I when you're you're often taught, and, and I was taught this too, and you can continue to think this way, but I want you to think differently about the way Jesus is interceding. I was taught that Jesus is always praying for us. Jesus always lives to intercede, or Jesus always lives to pray for us. Or he's at the right hand of God interceding for us. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. And I don't think that that's accurate. And I want us to think about intercession in a different way. Now remember we read in John 16, in verse 26, he says, In that day you will ask in my name, I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. Okay, so Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be praying for you. Okay, but the scripture says that Jesus is interceding and he ever lives to make intercession. So let's take a, take a look at that word intercession for just a minute. Intercede means to pass between to act between parties to make to, to make mediation to be a mediator that's what intercede means okay now man when he was in when we were in this powerless broken separated condition we needed someone to intercede for us not to pray for us when we were in that powerless, broken state... ...we needed someone to come and mediate. And I want to mention to you now... ...God's ultimate twofold work of intercession... ...that Jesus accomplished. See, because mankind in that powerless state... ...we needed someone to intercede between us and the devil... ...to knock off the headship that we had created with the enemy... Someone needed to stand between the devil and mankind and say, No more! You're free? No more! We needed someone to intercede. And we needed someone to come over here and intercede to mediate between us and God. To forgive us of our sin, to reconcile us back to the Father. Jesus' ultimate twofold work of intercession. Jesus prayed prayers when he was on the earth, but Jesus accomplished a work of intercession that stands as the most supreme act of intercession ever done. He broke headship with the devil, and he reestablished headship with God. So Jesus ever lives to intercede. Jesus is at the right hand of God. He is making intercession for us right now. But he's not praying for us. He's still in that place with that perfect intercession being accomplished. So now I want you to think about our prayers. Our prayers. Our prayers of intercession are directly connected to his work of intercession. Say that again. Our prayers of intercession are directly connected to his work of intercession. Another way to say this is this. Our prayers are always and only an extension of his work of intercession. We're talking about now praying in Jesus' name. So listen, when you pray in Jesus' name... You are praying based on this work of intercession. Every time I pray in Jesus' name, I am representing to the Father, I am presenting again to the Father everything that Jesus accomplished in his intercession. Father, I am asking you To heal Ed Gillespie in the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus accomplished in breaking off the headship of the devil. Everything that Jesus accomplished in forgiving the sin of all nations. Everything that Jesus did in bringing us back to you, Father. I am praying in behalf of of the name of Jesus I am praying in the name of Jesus Lord I'm coming to you based on what Jesus did not even on the greatness of the request or the depth of my need I'm coming to you based on what Jesus accomplished so, that when we pray in Jesus' name, it focuses our prayers, it strengthens our prayers. We have a basis to pray now because of Jesus' ultimate act of twofold intercession that our prayers of intercession are always and only an extension of his work of intercession. So, when we pray in his name, we're drawing from what he accomplished. Only he could accomplish it. So, Father, we are representing Ed Gillespie right now. In the name of your son who broke off the power of the devil, who reestablished relationship with you, you are the healer, so heal our brother Ed. In the name of Jesus, heal our brother Ed. In the name of Jesus, heal our brother Ed. So now we are given the rights as children to use the name of Jesus. Jesus himself said, pray in my name, use my name. You have the right to become children of God, it says in John 1. We are ambassadors of Christ. We have been given His name, and God wants us to use His name so that He gains the glory when He moves in answer to our prayer. I'm going to say it again. He gets the glory when He moves in answer to our prayers. He gets the glory, and guess what we get? We get joy. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. We get complete joy. He gets the glory. Sounds like a good party to me. All right? Right? God gets the glory, we get the joy. I mean, come on, someone write a rap. Someone write a song. God gets the glory, we get the joy. We get complete joy. It's, not just a, it's just not like taking a bong hit or drinking a shot. It's like complete joy, eternal joy, that comes from the Father. Thank you for laughing. It's eternal joy. It's eternal joy, and God gets glorified. God gets glorified. That's a good party. That's a really good party. And when we pray in His name, we can pray with confidence. We can pray with confidence that the Father's hearing us because it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Him. It has everything to do with that good news. We get saved all over again, just like Joshua gets saved. We get saved every time we pray in Jesus' name. I hope you're encouraged this morning to pray in the name of Jesus. I prayed in the name of Jesus for a long time and I didn't even know this stuff. And God was still answering my prayer. You don't need to know this stuff to have God answer your prayer. You just need to pray like a little kid. You just I'm serious. You just need to have childlike faith and believe God. You don't need to know this, but when you know this, you're like, "Lord, you're so great." Lord, my faith doesn't rest on me. My request doesn't rest on me. It rests on what you already accomplished. You're at the right hand of God, ever living to make intercession. And my prayers of intercession are going to release your perfect work of intercession. But here's a question, folks. If. 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 So it's up to us. Jesus, I will embrace what you accomplished in your ultimate act of intercession. I'm going to embrace that. And I'm going to stand right next to you because you brought me near. You brought me near. I'm going to stand right next to you. And I'm going to ask the Father to do what only God can do. But you've given it to me to ask. Listen, we have a partnership with God in prayer. We have a partnership with God in prayer. He calls us close to Him. You want to be close? Come and worship and pray. We have a partnership in prayer. You want to see God's will and kingdom happen on earth? Come and pray. If you don't want to see it, stay home. If you don't want to see it, don't pray. If you don't want to get close to God and leave it alone, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to stir you that the name of Jesus is powerful. That the name of Jesus, God is attuned to. That what Christ accomplished and when we pray in his name, God listens from heaven and he answers on the earth and incredible things are seen on the earth. God gets the glory and we get the joy. So let's pray in his name. I hope you have confidence and encouragement to think differently about praying in the name of Jesus. Making requests based on Jesus. So... Every time, I'm going to say it one more time, every time we ask God to do something in the name of Jesus, we are representing to the Father what Christ accomplished. Lord, on the basis of what Christ accomplished, answer my prayer. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So, as we conclude, why don't you stand? We're going to make some declarations, and I'm praying that these declarations will only help to have this come more alive in your heart. So go ahead and uh, close your eyes and put out your hands. And I just want you to just repeat after me as we talk to God together. Father, I receive Jesus. Jesus. I received Jesus dying for my sins. I I received Jesus dying to disarm the enemy. Jesus disarmed the enemy for me. me. Jesus died to forgive me. Jesus became a curse for me. So that I would not have the curse. So not have curse. Jesus died that I would have the blessing. I have, blessing. I, have the blessing I have the blessing because of Jesus. I have been reconciled to the Father because of Jesus. I have Jesus. I carry His name. He is in me and I am in Him. I am an ambassador of Christ. I'm I'm a son of God. I'm a a daughter of God. God. I walk in the freedom of being a child of God. God. Father, help me to pray in Jesus' name. name. Give me vision vision to to pray in Jesus' name. Give me focus to pray in Jesus' name. Give me desire. Desire. Give me passion. Let me me see your purposes. purposes. Jesus, you are superior. superior. And I worship you. you. And I honor you. Just wait. Father, I pray that you would continue to move the saints in this house, the people of God in this fellowship, to enter into prayer. Because the fervent prayer of one made righteous is powerful and effective. Lord, I pray that you would move with joy that you would move with delight on the hearts of your people here to earnestly seek you in prayers and in worship, and that you would hear from heaven and that you would answer, that you would heal land, that you would heal bodies, that you would reconcile communities back to yourself as we stand and pray in your name. So, Lord, move by your spirit. Lord, we don't want religious rules. We don't want to attain to something in our striving. We want to embrace what you've accomplished. Pray. That day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, You have not asked me for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Steve. You know, it has been so amazing to watch the grace that's on Steve and Patty's lives. They really uh, continue to be such wonderful apostolic connectors in this region. And uh, what, they, what they do is they're a neutral convener. They bring together people who otherwise, without the grace that's on them, wouldn't connect to pray. And um, it was just exciting to have, uh, you know, 100 pastors and leaders gather this last month and pray together. And it's just the fruit of what God is doing has been phenomenal. Um, Steve and Patty have been doing this for over 10 years now, and uh, and then actually have stepped out in faith and for the last four years are fully trusting God to provide for the ministry as they go, and it's been neat. We are a partner in that, but uh, as they have came and brought this, I just want to bless their ministry. So everyone who would feel led to give generously to this ministry, we want to make that opportunity for you. And also, um, if you aren't carrying a bunch of cash and want to use your ATM card, feel free to see... In the back, we have uh, Janelle and her team uh, can swipe your card. So uh, let's just give generously to this amazing couple that we love. And thank you guys so much. What a beautiful word. And I did get saved. Thank you yet again. So I'd like to ask the prayer ministry team to please come forward as well. If you need healing in your body, if you need encouragement, or if you just need somebody to lay hands on you and ask that God would bless you and remind you how amazing you are, Come up and let the prayer servant team pray for you. We've had some phenomenal healings and uh, things that have happened when people come for prayer. So, Wow, I don't want to leave. What do you guys think? Should we just uh, order pizza? I feel like we should just order pizza. On your way out today, I want to ask that you would please consider uh, signing. Actually, don't consider signing. Please sign the petition that we could put it on the ballot to... Uh, divert our taxpayer dollars from uh, from abortion. God bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you soon. I'll, Jason and I will be at the welcome table in the back. If you're here for the first time, we'd sure love to shake your hand and say hello. God bless you.